0: Hi, and welcome to Math Amusings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math Amusings, and, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math Amusings. Today's date is Friday, July 28th, 2023. This is season three, episode 30 of our show. This is always where i interject something about the numbers like 3.30 yeah that's pretty cool but today's date 728 now if you're from the dc metro area or what am i saying i'm not from the dc metro area i'm definitely not i moved here when i was uh, about 30 years old um i've come to sort of uh, adopt the place as a hometown i know enough about the history of this place that the numbers 7 and 28 are a big deal around here. Those are the uniform numbers of Joe Theismann and Daryl Green. And uh, I I should say that, um, like there's there's all kinds of connections there with, between those uh, two players. Like to me, Theismann, like yeah, he, and he went to Notre Dame, and you know, I know him from American Gladiators, and like, oh, by the way, he won, you know, it's Super Bowl here with the then Redskins. And then 28, there's still a connection As far as I know, Daryl Green still lives around here somewhere. It's like Daryl Green probably lives within like two to three miles of my house. I don't know exactly where. I don't have one of those like Hollywood maps to the stars homes. Um, But as far as I know, uh, Daryl Green and Mrs. Green still uh, live, I'm just going to say, the greater Ashburn area. Ashburn is where uh, the Redskins, or excuse me, Commanders training facility, and, like, team headquarters are, and uh, the highway that goes, this part I do know, the highway that goes from Route 7 down, like, past Dulles Airport, um, down, like, south through Virginia, uh, through Daryl Green's territory, it's Route 28, and it's called, like, the Daryl Green Highway, or or something, and, uh, yeah, every, once in a while, his name will pop up in the news, and, Yeah, it's like Daryl Green, Ashburn resident. Okay, I guess he lives around here somewhere. Um, And uh, yeah, Washington football legend, uh, the team by any name, who's starting training camp this week, by the way, in Ashburn. Like I I plan to go to one of these practices. Like some of these things are open to the public. They've been practicing, like their summer practices have been in Richmond the last few years. Uh, They're doing them here now. And I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't think it has anything to do with the new owners. Um, it. I think this is they had this in the works uh, beforehand. But I don't know. Uh, new new uh, new team owners, new team culture. I suppose. And you know, like we need another reason to get excited around here about football. People love the uh, the Commanders, the our local team, by any name. And uh, yeah, <laughs> there haven't been a whole lot of things to, to cheer about the last uh, decade or so, but for one uh, division championship, is, as I recall. It's, it's been tough going, however, people around here still love them some football team. Now this is all, I should say, completely unrelated to today's content. It's like a friendly way to open the show, because I know I gotta get to some sad news, gotta get to, this is my fun podcast that I do as, in, as a hobby. I should comment on the death of one of my heroes. You knew it was coming, like an elderly grandparent. You know, you know this is coming. Tony Bennett, last week, passed away at the age of ninety-six. He's just shy of birthday number ninety-seven. Incredible as that is, even more incredible is that he was still performing until he was ninety-five. He only recently gave up the uh, the singing business. Timeless legendary iconic and the thing is all those adjectives were true like 20 years ago when newspaper outlets and this is something that every once in a while i think about this and like wow that what a job you know this guy must have whoever does this that the big news outlets you know your new york times washington post and like the, the big blogs they all have their obituaries of celebrities written ahead of time and like not, you know, 90, it's 95% complete and they just fill in the last couple of details when the person actually does pass away. Cause like they know it's coming and they want to have the obit out immediately. Now they might've had a, an obituary written for Tony Bennett, like 20 years ago. And all those things that I just mentioned, like they were still true. He was a legendary timeless performer even back then. And then they just kept having to update it every few years it was like, oh, and he released another album. And, and then he won another Grammy Award. And then he released another album. Oh, and then, oh, tack another uh, Grammy Award on there and another Lifetime Achievement Award. This guy's Mr. Lifetime Achievement Award. And they just, he kept having more Lifetime. And you just had to keep giving him more Lifetime Achievement Awards. The thing is, everybody eventually runs out of Lifetime. And that was uh, Tony Bennett last Friday, I believe it was, um, the age of 96. This is one of the more, like, recent news articles I- I've ever discussed on math and musings. Like, that I would comment on something that happened only last week. Like, that's, I don't want to say impressive, I mean, a lot of people do their podcast every day, but to me, that, like, something that happened within the last week, and I'm already talking about it this Friday... Because uh, like when the last episode of this show aired, this this hadn't occurred yet. Now, all that aside, I, I will say about the artistry of Tony Bennett, just of course one of the uh, most celebrated performers of all time. I'm not going to add anything new here other than the, the personal touch of, well, I did get to see him perform twice. And funny thing is like both times it was, now I'm talking almost a quarter of a century ago. This was the year 2000. I was still in high school, like I started early. I was seventeen when I saw Tony Bennett perform the first time. And let's see, Tony must have been six no seventy-four or gonna turn seventy-four. And it's like wow, you know, just to see a, a living uh legend, you know, of your kind of music, Mike. Like I was already into jazz and the great American songbook, like sinatra just passed away like this is like one of the last guys who does this who knows how much longer he's gonna be doing it you should go see tony bennett and i saw him at i've talked about this place before the arena is it, you know the arena in binghamton whatever it was called at the time broom county veterans memorial taxpayer arena as i've mentioned before uh tony bennett they're performing with and he was performing with ralph sharon um legendary pianist and composer, musical director for Mr. Tony Bennett. Um, And it's just an incredible show. And it was one of those thinking like, okay, who knows how much longer he's going to be doing this. I got to see Tony Bennett. And then seven years later, I got to see Tony Bennett again. Little did I know he would still be performing for 15 more years after that. But anyway, I saw him. This was 2007. He was performing at Turning Stone casino which i was reminded of this recently and it was like because i talked about atlantic city a few years by the way if you if you're not from that area i don't know what turning stone is it's a former um wait how like how should i phrase this delicately it's a uh, casino gambling on a native american reservation that there were different rules that applied like you have one was that you had to be 21 to gamble in Atlantic City and on the Native American reservation you could play when you were 18. It was an issue for me because in the year 2000, which about when Turning Stone opened, I was 18. I mean, I turned 18 that year. I wasn't quite 21, but I was 18. So that was just like perfect timing for me when that place opened. And it became the the spot in the area for Um, Not only casino gambling, but a place where anything big that was happening, it was happening at Turning Stone. Like uh, golf tournaments, uh, boxing, music events, these were all happening now at Turning Stone. And uh, one night in 2007, Tony Bennett was performing. It wasn't Ralph Sharon that night. Lee Musiker was his pianist that night. Um, Tony Bennett played with all the greats, and uh, if you were a pianist, like you wanted to accompany Tony Bennett. That's the thing. And um, yeah, and it was one of those he was, he was closing in on, no, he must have been 80 or 81 at the time. And like, oh, who knows how many times uh, you're going to get to see Tony Bennett again? Better go see him now. Little did I know, he'd still be doing it 15 years later. So those are my two personal stories about Tony Bennett. And then The things that I mention all the time, and I I looked into it, like, how often did I write about Tony Bennett on the blog? Fifteen times. Fifteen mentions over the years. You know, Tony Bennett gets inserted into a story. It's usually, in this context, it was, you know, people born in 1926, and I've talked about this many times, and he was the last man standing, and it was, all right, people born in 1926 who... Came into their profession young and then stuck with it forever. And the thing is like all these people like became famous around like the early 50s or so. Like Tony Bennett, born in 1926, you know, his first hit record, I think, is 1951. And then he's in the music business for a really long time. And then it Queen Elizabeth is another person, born in 1926. She becomes queen, I think it was 1952. She's queen for a really long time from an entirely different walk of life. Fidel Castro, born in 1926. Now, he didn't really take over Cuba, I think, until 1959. But he like, made a name for himself as a Cuban rebel in the early 50s. And then, was yeah, led Cuba for a really long time. And the last one, this guy who started a magazine in 1953. Uh, and he was uh, editor and publisher of that magazine for a really long time. Uh, his name was Hugh Marston Hefner. Uh, you may know, know the magazine, it's Playboy. And uh, same thing, born in 1926 and then hung on for a long time. Now, those four people I just mentioned all have passed away within the last decade. Tony Bennett was the last man standing. And uh, just, and, and as I said, he was doing it until very recently. Just, just incredible. And has been a, a hero of mine uh, for so many decades. And one of the great interpreters of popular song. And I think he just got better. Like, I would rather listen to Tony Bennett in 2017 than in 1955. Like, the big-voiced boy v- balladeer, like, standing in front of a string orchestra. Yeah, he, he did that well. But to me, he was better in front of, like, a jazz trio or quartet um, as, as an old man si- singing the standards. Like, he even did that better than Sinatra, I think, at the end. And, and uh, you know, to me, Tony Bennett was always number two to Sinatra. Like, that, that's his, that's Tony Bennett. You know, he's number two to Sinatra. Like, Sinatra was older. He was first. He was never going to eclipse, like, the man. And uh, I think he'd be the, the first to admit that. He was very good friends with Frank Sinatra. And they, you know, Ran in similar circles towards the end of their career, just doing a lot of like benefits and stuff. One of the great names I heard for Tony Bennett was Tony Benefit. Like he, he performed for charity so many times. He's Tony Benefit. And that's just great. Like, he didn't need the money anymore. It's just going to help out your charity. And had a, uh, a great reputation as one who was um, involved in charitable and humanitarian causes. Um, and going back to like the civil rights era, he was, he was one of the white performers who kind of like crossed the line and, and really held out a hand um, to, uh, to the folks that, who were fighting that fight. And, and I, <laughs> Sinatra was mentioned 37 times at Mike Jr. dot com. Tony Bennett was 15. Okay, he's number two to Sinatra. I've always referred to people like Tony Bennett or Dean Martin or Ella Fitzgerald, the, the great interpreters of popular song, as being... You know, ballpark singers, as in, they were in the ballpark of Frank Sinatra. They weren't Sinatra, but they were in the ballpark, and I always referred to them as ballpark singers. And I always knew that, you know, for 20 years now, I, I liked Tony Bennett, and I and I liked to write, and I was gonna one day write an obituary, a glowing obituary of Tony Bennett, and the last line was gonna go something like this: that I no longer considered Tony Bennett a ballpark singer there's Sinatra, he's in his own ballpark. There's everybody else, 99% of it, everyone who's ever picked up a microphone. There are the few people who are like an A- minus to Sinatra. And then Tony Bennett, he's one step above that. He's in a ballpark all of his own. And that is Tony Bennett. And that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. I thank you for joining me. For more math and more musings, you can head to MikeOConnellJr.com.